Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. And Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. It is Friday. The struggle is real, brother. Yeah, here we go. Hey, the NFL draft was lit. Yeah, yeah. Saw, How many hours of sleep you get last night? <laughs> Just a few. A all few right. hours. It was more of a nap than anything. Uh, I'm uh, so sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. I got some coffee in me. We got the weekend ahead of us, but I do have draft coverage tonight, yes. too, right here on CBS Sports HQ, which you can check out. Make Love sure you life. do. Uh, we got a very special guest. Rajah's boy, Steve Nash, is coming on. So I can't wait to get some stories. Not about Steve Nash's career. (laughs) I want to get some stories. (laughs) Dirt on Rajah. Yeah, we want some dirt. When he uh, he gets out Lock it up, Steve. Lock it up. We did have uh, an NBA game last night. We'll break that down a little bit later. But it really was. was, We're going to do our five-star Q&A. It's one of my favorite segments of the week. We're going to get to that later in the uh, show, too. But it's all about the NFL draft. It was. We talked about being crazy. I thought there were some crazy developments in the last 48 hours leading up to it. Mm-hmm. You had the, it was all Sam Darnold or Josh Allen, Sam Arnold or uh, Sam Darnold or Josh Allen leading into the draft. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, Baker Mayfield, number one, could go number one. He's the guy I thought was going to be the best quarterback in this draft. I did not think the Browns would have the guts to pull the trigger on him. They do. I actually really like it for Baker Mayfield. Really? I think he's in a good spot. I think. He's got one of the best supporting casts around him when you look at talent of these quarterbacks and where they're going. And I think he's got that kind of dynamic, the confidence and the arrogance to go into Cleveland with a chip on his shoulder, everything he's been through, and go in there and produce. But do you think it's a risky move coming off of Johnny football? 100% risky move. Yeah, it's a risky move. But they, And everybody was talking about who's swing. Like Josh Allen was the swing for the fences. I think Baker Mayfield was the swing for the fences pick. Yeah. I really do. Because yeah. he could be... It is going to be an all or nothing. Yes, it I think is. it is going to be. He's going to be out of the league or he's going to be the superstar. I, I actually applaud them. I, I like Baker Mayfield too. I applaud them for having their guy and having the, you know, it's not that easy sometimes sitting in a draft room wondering whether like you take the guy that you really like or you go with the guy that everybody, you know, the safe pick and Baker, they've gotten that position wrong so many times um, that there had to be like an extra like added level of pressure for them in the room to take the right guy and to have the intestinal fortitude, the guts to say, Hey, this is our guy, despite the six foot one, despite the, you know, crotch grabbing, running from police and this and that, like we're going with our guy because we believe in him. And so I give them a lot of credit for that, but make no mistake. It, it, it's a risky pick. It is, you know, like if, if you missed on Sam Darnold at number one in five years, you could sit back six, seven years. You could say, Hey, everyone had him at number one. Like no, he was the consensus number one. You're not going to be able to do that with Baker Mayfield if he's not uh, what he's what you think he's going to project to be. It's one of those ones that could cost you your job, like yeah. later, especially if you look at the other quarterbacks. But I really feel like he's got the best skill set, and he's in a really good situation now. Their fourth pick is I didn't love it. Denzel Ward. They took the defensive back from Ohio State with Bradley Chubb on the board. That's, that's the problem I had it with it, and that's why I think and that kind of threw the draft off a little bit towards yeah. the top. I think the Broncos were willing to trade out of that pick. They've, you know, John Elway had said as much coming into the draft. Uh, and then when they saw this player who I thought could have been in the number one player, like in any other draft, if there's not a team with quarterback needs at one and, you know, other positions, they would, 
they would have Bradley Chubb could have gone one, and the fact that he was sitting there at five like totally changed the Broncos' plans. They're like, oh my gosh, we can get this player to play on the other side of Von Miller, much like I thought the Browns could have done putting him on the other side of Miles Garrett. I think you know that that was that was the surprise early to me. Well, I I agree with you 100, percent and I you know I think if I'm in that Browns front office, I may take a swing at number one. Let's say my quarterback. I, I like one of them more than the other, right? Regardless of whether in seven years, you know, I'm I'm going to be left saying I didn't take the, the pick that everyone would have taken. I'm not doing that on one and four. Right. And at four, if you got the best player, quite possibly player mm-hmm. on the board, positionless football player, you don't go out and take another swing at somebody. You take him. You take the guy that bona fide, um, by all accounts, best player on the board especially defensively you don't take another swing that's where I I agree I think they missed on that and I think there's more of a chance that they're going to look bad on the Denzel Ward pick than the Baker Mayfield pick in my mind that's what I in a large part because I think he could go playing with Von Miller he could have a ton of production and Browns fans are looking there and they're like man we could have that guy so Denzel Ward uh He's 5'10", he's but, a little bit smaller he size, may he lights be good. it up 40. He, he may be, be good, yeah. but that doesn't, I mean, like Chubb could be phenomenal. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, So you could still get great production out of Denzel Ward and be sitting there saying, hey, look, no, we made a great pick. Like He's played great for us, and that guy could be a potential like pro bowler for the next six years. Like, yep. You take the guy who is who is the best player. Exactly. That that was the sh- shocker to me. So number two, the Giants, a lot of, con- uh, you know, speculation would they take a quarterback would they trade out i thought they should have traded out instead i feel like they went the safe route i love this and one. went ahead and got saquon barkley i'd like this one too uh nick Costos, i was doing the coverage last night he was all he's a giants diehard yeah. fan he was yeah. all upset about it he's like no he, they really? he thought they should take a quarterback and go for the future i i think they're going much like the patriots are doing they're saying, you know what? These quarterbacks aren't as great as everybody's making them out to be. Right. Let's get somebody right. in here right now who can help Eli Manning, who can make our offense more dynamic, a playmaker. So I thought it was a pretty smart pick. I like the pick. I He might be the best offensive player in the draft. Like, And so here's what like tripped me out about this year's. And I know that like it's rare that you get a quarterback class like this, but people are acting as if like they're, they're not making quarterbacks anymore after this draft. Right. Like this is going to be the last year that you can ever get a damn quarterback. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And yep. like, that's silly. So, um, no I one think... saw at this time last year, nobody was projecting Baker Mayfield to be the number one overall pick. Dude, like, it... He came out of nowhere. Next year's class does look bad, but somebody will jump. Somebody someone will, will. Someone will rise. It happens every year. And yep. then the following year. And, and when you've got a guy like, um, Eli's in a weird place because yeah, he's older, but I don't, I don't think he's done. Right. I mean, and so you, weapons, right? Get him, and especially a running back where you could take some of the weight off of Eli's shoulders. Like he's got a propensity to throw the ball away. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what Eli's going to do. Yep. Like he's going, he's more of a gunslinging mentality. Take some of the pressure and opportunity for him to throw the ball away, away yep. by getting him someone, getting him a bell cow, someone who can run the ball, someone who could catch, you know, he's a great pass catching back out of the backfield, little dump downs, let him, let him get wide open. Like, I think that's a perfect weapon for the Giants, and it's specifically Eli at where he's at in his career. You know who I'm scared for? Sam Darnold. Yeah. So I thought all these quarterbacks, and it was kind of like, all right, who do you think is going to be good? Who's going to project mm-hmm. to have the most successful career? And I thought all of them, it depends on where they go. I think Sam Darnold probably is in the worst situation out of all these quarterbacks. He's going to a bad team. who has right. been struggling. Their roster is not that good. They don't have a quarterback in place that can kind of hold you over. He's going to get forced into playing time early, in, in my York. opinion, in New York. Yeah. With a coach who's a lame duck, most likely if they struggle in Todd Bowles, it's just all – and there's these incredibly high expectations. 
And I have questions about his arm strength. It's every, it's just, for me, it looks like this could be the roughest situation for these young quarterbacks. Well, uh, look. I hate the when Jets. You, that's the curse of being that good in any sport. Like yeah. you're typically yeah. going to bad teams. Like when you're, and so with bad teams comes dysfunction. It's why, it's why they're bad teams. And so you just hope, I think if you're a Jets fan, you hope that over the next couple of years, who, who's there now? Who's, is it Mackel? Mac, they got Mac, Josh McCown. Josh McCown. And they have Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy so now your hope, like, so, but jo, uh, Josh McCown's getting old. He can play yeah. some. Now that's your hope for me is, is it, Let, and he's a great mentor. You like, hope that him and Teddy B can split the year. Yeah. Like Teddy B and, uh, and McCown can split the year. Yep. You need, I mean, I think by everyone's account, Sam Darnold was a guy who had the highest upside maybe, yep. but still needed some polish. So you certainly don't want to drop him in right away. So maybe, he gets to escape some of that dysfunction in terms of Todd Bowles being a, a a lame duck coach and and all of that and all that falls to McCown and Teddy Bridgewater and then he can develop for a year maybe even two mm-hmm. and then you've got your franchise guy going forward. I mean that would have to be the hope for the Jets. Yeah, fan. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, but but here's where we are in 2018. No quarterback has that luxury, especially when a fan base is going to be all over them saying we need to see what he's got. We need to see what he's got. And you if you're don't. bad, which I think you do, I know you don't. Yeah, but coach, and especially if you have a coach who's kind of jobs on the line which is very much where Todd Bowles is you look for an excuse you look for a hope reason to give right. you hope yeah. for the future there's so it's much just, pressure for these and guys. I wonder and they don't have much talent on their roster well, that's the other thing they don't have many weapons to work with from a front off pers- perspective like you know if you know Todd Bowles isn't your guy and there's not much he's gonna be able to do this year with what they got to right. change that opinion I'm having the conversation with you like listen you're you're not throwing him out to the wolves like I don't care what this gets like like you're going to come have this conversation with us and we will revisit this like every three, four games. We'll revisit whether he's ready. You'll give us an update. Like, well, but this is not going to be you throwing him out there for some kind of splash to see if you can save your job. We're not turning that into this. All right. Let's get to Hannah's team. Oh, here we go. This is just what I was going to bring up. Let's go to the bills. Okay. They trade up to get their guy in Josh Allen. So, I, I love this. I do love this. But my question is, did the Bills make a mistake by taking Allen over Rosen? Now, did yes. you guys hear what Rosen had to say post? Like, yeah. I want, post let's hit one at a time because okay. I do have some strong feelings on Rosen. All right. I also have some strong feelings on Josh Allen. I, just, I think I Josh have to Allen. I your opinion. So Josh Allen is the guy everybody fell in love with. Right. Because he's big. He's got the super arm. He's pretty athletic. But I kept looking at some very serious flaws on the field, which I think should be a problem. Like right. That to me I was feel like concerning. He needs like a year or two. Absolutely, he does. Here's my other concern: AJ McCarron, who the Bills just signed. He thinks he's a starter. He is not going to take Josh Allen and welcome him in. He's not going to be, be like, a mentor. Hey, Rook, let's let you me help you so? out. No, is that, is that, he no is internship. Especially after some tweets Allen had about McCarron's wife. Whoa! I didn't, hey. I about Josh Allen's Webb? tweets <laughs> about Catherine so, Webb. Yeah, His well, tweets are awful to begin with. Well, but, yeah. Why is he didn't he have some racial? Did he have some racial yes. stuff yes. in his tweets yes. too? Yes. yes, people were talking about so, how shady. They don't think shady's gonna like him. Uh, no, I mean it'll be interesting to see how he does in the locker room. What do you say about Catherine Webb? I mean, is it talking about how good looking she is or how she's lady. overrated? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think that's meant more affectionately. And then oh, it yeah. says McCarran's girl, though. This is January seventh, twenty thirteen. Oh, I right. think that was the national championship yeah, that McCarron exactly, was in. Exactly. Was Everybody was saying it. Brent yeah, Musburger was saying it. Let me ask you about the tweets, Rajab, because I. Think it's ridiculous the amount of 
uh, energy conversation we put into something somebody tweets out when they're 14 years old. Right. right. Like it's it's you're young, you're dumb. I've but he did so use the times. N word. Yeah. He did. Uh, he had a phrase in there that said, "If it ain't white, it ain't right." Oh, but, he, and, but he, and his explanation yeah. for it was it was on Modern Family and it was some kind of episode they did and the guy Dumpy, whatever Phil Dumpy, Phil Dumpy. said Dumpy. it. Who is fantastic? Was a joke. Right. I was so. But I, my question is for you, the African American in the yeah. room. Does it bother you at all? Um, I typically with fourteen year olds, like I don't really remember, but I was stupid at fourteen, so. I'll give a 14-year-old a little bit of a of a pass just because he's a baby and and really I didn't see the tweets. But look, anytime you're in a climate now where like the racial insensitivities, either way, white to black, black to white, like you know Spanish to white, it doesn't matter. Like you've got to be smarter than that. And right. so I'm just gonna use one of your old things about being the CEO of a company. Yep. If you're the CEO of a company, um, like that's some that's bad decision making. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like because in today's day and age, like you just have to be more uh socially conscious. And but he was fourteen, so I'm gonna give it a pass. Right. It's like, to is... me it, it falls in the CEO category. Like yeah. like decision making, not necessarily whether he's racist or not, but kinda like you ask if Baker Mayfield running from the cops or you ask if right. like are those the guys you want representing your thing and, and it the decision making is kind of like the biggest piece of that, but I right. I don't think he's and the cleanest out of all of them is yeah. Sam Darnold, which yeah. is why oh, I think right. a lot of people said he was the safe pick. Like he's yeah. the see the guy he who did hasn't all had... his interviews with his mother, which yeah. was adorable. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, exactly. That's what you want. But absolutely, I those tweets and everything—that's a problem with our generation in entirety. I mean, totally. if you're going to be ignorant when you're 14, just just delete it. Yeah, when get you're rid 15. of it. Why? Yeah, right. just like. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, we all, I, and I think in 48 hours, everyone's going to forget. Right. It's kind of what we do. And we get all outraged and then we plays forget. well. Come <laughs> right, on. Right, Bill's exactly. Not, yeah. All right. So that leaves the next quarterback up who was the fourth one taken and it was mm-hmm. Josh Rosen. To, now yeah. here's the thing Those on Josh Rosen. Dolphins fans. I know, right? Well, the really Dolphins have taken him. I, my, yes. my boys and I, we're not even Dolphins fans and we were like, the Dolphins are going to mess around and get Josh Rosen. Yeah. We were fired up. Yeah. I know. Same. And, I was like, but I was really hoping they didn't get him. Yeah, I kind of wanted. Oh, well, your your bills, yeah, yeah, your yeah, bills. No, your bills. no way do I want. Where were you at with that? Like, did you see that coming? Uh, to the Cardinals, yeah. I you did, saw I, them I, moving up and getting him, yeah, because they were there was a lot of they, they're in a spot where they've got Sam Bradford. They need a long term answer. There was a lot of conversation leading into the draft for them. Yeah. So here's the thing: I don't love the way Josh Rand, uh Josh Rosen carries himself, okay. right? But when you go again, uh, and I try to put aside all feelings and go to the film, he does make a lot of throws. He's looks NFL ready. Throws with good anticipation. He's accurate. He's got, but it's, and it's, so I basically think he's going to be the next Jay Cutler. And I think you got a glimpse uh-huh. of that after the draft last night when he comes out firing, guns a-blazing, yeah. and is all, hey, 90, there were nine mistakes yeah. made ahead of me. That was I'm crazy. ticked off. I, you know, and so basically, I get it, you're at, you, but you don't, you basically threw all those nine other dudes under the bus. And yeah. you, you insulted the other quarterbacks, which, Hey, this is who Josh Rosen is. He, yeah. And he's, and he kind of was like, he said, Hey, maybe if I would have just kept it. my mouth shut the last three years, I would have been taken first. And like these types of comments are what you're getting. And if you're good and Look, you're great, you can say it. But if you're not, they're going to come back to haunt you. You got to yeah, go out there and walk true. the walk. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's the time for talk is over, babe. Like yeah. you got to, yeah. you have to now go out there and produce. And I would make the, I would make the argument that there's not a whole lot of personality characteristic that separates Baker Mayfield from Josh Rosen. They're the same guy. Mm-hmm. Josh Rosen just opens his mouth. Right. But they carry themselves the same way. Like that it would have been yeah. interesting to see if Baker Mayfield had slipped to 10. Right. And they interviewed him. Like what would he have said? Cause right. he's got 
I mean, the chips on his shoulders because they're they're plural. Yeah, like they're way bigger than the ones that are on Josh Rosen's shoulders, and they've had to be. Because now he's, he doesn't get he's that a, anymore, though, because he was the one overall. You can't say you had a chip on your shoulder anymore. You were the first guy taken, so that one he's that that's kind of gone now. Yeah, but I hope that that he never loses right. that because that's what makes him special, in my right. opinion. And is he plays what, like that. But but I guess what I'm saying is like. That personality characteristic, it's really weird because it's happened to me like my whole career. While celebrated in one person could be, could be a, a deterrent from taking another person, right? Like uh-huh. we have the same personality characteristic and in, in Debo, like it's fantastic. He's fiery. We love it. He's a competitor. And if I do it, I'm like arrogant and I'm brash. And it's, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. weird how that gets, you know, one gets labeled as such and the other gets labeled as the other. I, I don't, you I don't know what a lot of it has to do with how, and this is the only thing that should matter. How do your teammates respond to Ooh, that true. attitude? That right. And Baker Mayfield, guys followed him like he was the Pied Piper. Yeah. yeah. At UCLA, you can't really say the same. About yeah. yeah. I guess he that didn't really to raise it. the level of guys. And that's what Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler was an incredible, incredibly talented player. Yeah. And yet players never really Individually. were used with You make me excitement. feel better about the Bills pick when you compare Rosen to Jay Cutler. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to. But I think I, Rosen is in a really good situation. So I, I would right. put... Baker and Josh Rosen is the guys with the best chance to succeed because of the situation they're like in. Like coming into this season. Yes, yes. Because now I know where they are if he just stays out of his own way. Like that's my concern for Josh Rosen. And he already kind of stepped in it already because people are not responding well to his comments. So do you He's think the Bills should have taken Rosen? Um, I, oh, well, you talk about a rough quarterback room. Him mm-hmm. and AJ McCarron yeah, might have brawled. <laughs> like they might have just thrown down at some point in there. So. I can every time I think of AJ McCarron, I just think of his damn tattoo. That ugly oh thing. my gosh, yeah, that was, was that the, 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 the most thing that swallowed his chest thing yes. out yes. there. It's just like uh, so, you call it like vomit on a chest? Did yes. you say that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's aggressive. It's aggressive uh, to say the least. Um, there was some some other interesting thing I thought. Uh, Derwin James dropping all the way to 17 yeah. in the Chargers that the Chargers got the steal of the draft. He was, and it's not because I'm biased. I, I promise. I expected him to be like, I expected him to be salty. He was not. Right. Like he, he was celebrated. just happy as heck to I be. I don't think you should ever be salty. No, well, me neither, but I thought he would be because yeah. his stock was higher than 17, but I love the fact that he was just like super geek. Put on yeah. a, put on a happy face yeah, bro. and you're going to be there for like what? Three minutes, just right. be nice in your interview, and then you can sulk later to like your mom or your friends. Yeah. Right. Uh, there was a, there was a head scratcher for me with the Seattle uh, Seahawks taking running back, um, not Donald Pumphrey, Penny. Yeah. Yeah. Penny, yeah. not Donald San Diego Pumphrey State. Before. Yeah, I just felt like at the at that position, running back, and if it's a transcendent player like Saquon Barkley, then go ahead and take him. But if it's just, it's a guy and he's good, he's a good player. Yeah. But you could have probably gotten him in the second round. Like he right. wasn't on a lot of people's board. And if you missed out on him, you could have gotten Darius. Guy, there's like a Sony lot, of, a lot really of really good value around, right? at that position. Speaking of Sony Michelle, I thought the Patriots had an outstanding draft. Yeah. Isaiah Wynn, shore up the offensive line, uh, tackle from Georgia and getting Sony Michelle. Like Tom Brady's going to have a field day yep. with better protection. I thought they were going to take Mason Rudolph. They still could. So yeah. that's they have the second pick in the second round here coming up, I believe. It's the Browns have two of the first. I hope they don't. I, do, I think, see, here's, what, here's my philosophy on some of these teams. I think if you're Bill Belichick, are you planning for the long haul after the way you've been treated? No. Like they, you had your plan for no. the long haul and Jimmy Garoppolo yes. and, and they made you and trade him away. Me. Yeah, so I'd be I'm like, out. you know what? I'm going all in. I'm going to get one more Super Bowl and I'm going to bounce. Into the sunset. So you do everything you can now to do that. So that's why I don't see them taking a quarterback. Patriots now, have 43 overall. 43 overall. 11th pick the, who today. Has the second pick in the, the Giants. The Giants. So there's a lot of speculation. And I, 
Speaking of that philosophy, I might do that if I'm the Giants too. Yeah. You've only got a couple years. You've got a new coaching staff. Why not put them in the best position to succeed now than worry about your franchise quarterback down the road when you've got a quarterback with two Super Bowls who right. still has some a couple, a couple of years left in him? Um, so it's a crazy night. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's Talk anything Baltimore. else. Baltimore. Baltimore moving back oh up in 32, goodness, bro. Oh, my my favorite pick yeah. of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all these Well, I love the tight, end, the tight end pick. The yes. kid from uh, yes, what's South his Carolina. Name? Yeah, no, he's nasty. Yeah. What do they call Hurst. him, like the Hayden redhead Hurst. four or something yes. like that? Yes, yes. Yeah. Outstanding pick if Joe Flacco is the quarterback because we were evaluating before they took Lo- yeah. uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. I'm sitting there thinking – Joe Flacco is a quarterback who needs a tight end. Like, right. I just think it's a, it's, it's a position he needs. They got great, uh, um, a great player there who can come in and get some production. He didn't see the most production at South Carolina because he didn't have a good quarterback, which is what happened with a lot of the players, you know, receivers yeah. in this draft. Uh, but a tight end, it's a position you can get some mismatches on. But when I saw them trading, uh, up into the first round, I was really pumped for a couple reasons. One, Lamar Jackson, I think was completely overlooked in this quarterback draft evaluation. He should have been grouped in those top four guys. Yeah. And why he wasn't, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I thought that was kind of shit. Like, yeah. I'm going to be honest. Like, I thought it was kind of shit in like the coverage of it. Yep. And it was only those four dudes. Yep. And like, I mean, like, I, look, they're, fi- they're clearly five of them, whether the four are more highly regarded or not. Right. Like, I thought it was kind of poopy. Absolutely. <laughs> I and did. So I did. What, like, you're only going to no, talk about I four actually, of them. I agree. I, like, that's kind of poopy. And Lamar Jackson had every bit of much success on the field. He was a Heisman. Absolutely. <laughs> and he played in a pro style system with Bobby yeah. Petrino, put a lot on his shoulders. Is he a project? Yes, but no more than Josh Allen. No more than any of these quarterbacks, really. Every quarterback is a project. Yeah. Like, like it or not. I, so here's why I think Lamar Jackson dropped. It's because he's not the best communicator. Right. And it's, and it's, it's a, it's, I think it's, I'm not saying it's right. I think it's wrong. And I think the Ravens, I hope they prove everybody wrong because mm-hmm. it's a young kid who grew up in a rough neighborhood, you know, wasn't given on some of the benefits that some of these other guys died. Yeah. Josh Rosen, you know, his great, great grandfather started Wharton yes, the School Wharton of business. business. Yeah, right. You know, like, Come on. but yeah. and not everybody comes from those backgrounds. No, it I doesn't really hope mean, he kills it. Me too. And I think he can. Especially because of the situation he's going to. They do have the luxury yep. if they want let to, chill. to let him chill. Yep. But I also, what I hope they do, and I think they'd be crazy not to, is to use him situationally. Get him in there, have some plays designed for him because you need some offense and you're not getting it from Joe Flacco. Start sprinkling him in there. Start getting some things. They're a pretty good team. Yeah. And then you can kind of ease him into it. Get him a feel of what it's like to play. And then once people see what he can do, yes. then they're going to want to see him out there even more. Um. Marty Morningwig in, in uh, Baltimore, right? Uh, North Turner. North Turner so they just hired him. Yeah. Oh my bad. Who? All right. Well, but and he's a he's a pretty good innovative offensive mind who can get creative, and he's got a pretty good history of working with quarterbacks. I think he, I think dual threat type run. quarterbacks. No, but I think he's smart enough to realize what you're working with. I, yeah, and okay. That's the new NFL. Because I think that's critical. Like when you're dealing with a Lamar Jackson, and and maybe anybody worth their salt now and like play calling in the NFL can do this, but. You have to have someone in there who can who can deal with the square peg round hole situation, right? Like you're not going to force him into a situation where he's got to stand in a pocket, mm-hmm. like go through his progressions and have to just you know beat people with his mind right away. Like even in two years, that's still not going to be his strength. His strength represents other you know things. So you have to find someone who can creatively use that. Um, I agree with you though. Like I, I honestly, I waited all night to try to see what happened with the first round. Yeah. And there were multiple times when people moved around in the draft. I was like, uh oh, they're going to, they're going to go get him. Like they're going to take a ch- shot at it. Now after Rosen and those guys went off the board, right? Yep. Um, and it never happened. And I fell asleep 
on the 30th pick in the damn draft. <laughs> I fell asleep. Yeah. So I woke up this morning and I looked and I saw him there and I thought it was great that Ozzy, you know, Ozzy did that because I think, like, I heard some people saying that Joe Flacco should be pissed. Like, you, you're, you're bringing in a, 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 my successor. Like, I've won a Super Bowl and you're not getting me weapons. Well, they did. He went out and he addressed the need at tight end and he got you a dope weapon. That kid from South Carolina is a gangster. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, he went out and, and, I think Lamar Jackson can be a good pro quarterback. Absolutely. And, and I it's think he can be an electrifying Absolutely. put in the right situation. Um and I just didn't love the way it went down. And like I, I get that sometimes this is uncomfortable along racial lines and mm-hmm. so on and so forth, but I've said to you before, like someone's ability to do something shouldn't be judged on their polish mm-hmm. because th- people have different opportunities to be polished. Where Josh Rosen you know, has every opportunity in the world to potentially be polished. Um, and like maybe even me, for example, like both of my parents were educators, like they were heavy, like we might not have had a lot of money, but they were into education. They were into me being in good schooling situations. Like they made sure I was there. I had an opportunity to be polished. It doesn't mean that like I'm mentally or physically more able to perform at the quarterback position. It just doesn't. They got to be taught. You have to have someone willing to give them a chance. You have to be willing to teach them. And then you have to be willing to some degree to play to their strengths like you would with any other quarterback. Like Baker Mayfield is going to be played to his strengths. So is Josh Rosen. So is the kid at at, at Josh Allen. Why not, why not, why not Lamar Jackson? Why does it have to be, well, he can't perform under center? Play to his strengths. How is his attitude after that? Because I didn't say Uh, it for that one either. He is. He's a great kid. I've talked to him a lot. He's a great kid. He just, he's not a great communicator. When I say communicator, like he struggles, he doesn't sound like oh, a look. white guy. Like, and I'm not like, or a white not. quarterback or a franchise he, quarterback. But, but that, that doesn't, probably sounds have better than Rosen's attitude. Absolutely. Afterwards. Absolutely. I totally agree. Teams get fooled by the polish all the yeah. time. All the time. They yeah. got, Johnny Manziel knew how to play the game. Yes, sir. Of course. I'm gonna, You're yes, used I'm car salesman. Hard. I'm going to do yes. all this. Uh, EJ Manuel was one of the most impressive guys. And he, he still is. He's yeah. a great guy. You know, he got drafted 16th overall because he presented himself like a CEO. You can fool teams all the time, but you're going to miss out on a guy because you were too obsessed with, hey, does he look a certain correct. way? Does he talk a certain way? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think happened with the Ravens. The Ravens you know, were the only smart team yeah. that said, we got a value play here I in a quarterback to move who's back just in as 32. good as all yeah. those other guys. To, uh, two things. Uh, the 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 wide receiver from Alabama, Got from Fort really? Lauderdale, salty. Yeah, salt. Yeah. Now he was salty. Like I felt bad. Um, but when I was at, when I was in Cleveland uh, with the Cavs, and we'd sit around doing this personnel stuff, we'd do all this talking about a guy. Um, and sometimes it had to do with polish. Sometimes it had to do with like you know attitude. I was like, look, dude, I don't care. Like, I, I if I were running, give me give me gamers. I don't care whether he speaks like this or he can't like conjugate a verb. I don't give a stuff. Give me a dude who can go out there and rip, like can shoot the ball, can defend, who's dirty, will throw an elbow. And the football equivalent of that is just give me a player, foot, I mean, quarterback, whatever. Give me somebody who gets it done, who can play. When you put on the tape, you say, hey, he's a mofo, yep. right? I don't care. Like, I don't care if grammatically he's going to be great at a press conference. I just don't. Yeah. But that's me. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at the end of the field, day. Correct. The basketball Wait, court. I have one thing to say. The best sport award for the night, I feel like, was Vita Vea. Yeah. Oh, dude, right? yeah. That poor guy. Like, the amount of times he had to say his name correctly and fully. Like, that joke was <laughs> right. all night. Yeah. Any any like um, any clip I saw from him was him just laughing and him being like, "Oh, you got it kind of close." Like, yeah. oh my gosh, I just had such. I was like, "That poor guy." Can I ask you one more question? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson had to know 
that someone he had to have a guarantee, right? No. Like other you think Did he you just see, showed up at that he showed up there to sit yep, in that there was speculation. Did you see his comment about he didn't have another suit, so he was glad because really? he would have been looking no scrambling way. for another suit if he would have had to hang around till day two. So I mean imagine that being in that Yeah. I, I mean I guess I, if I were him, there would be no way I was showing up at that draft. Yeah, but like, right. there would be no way. It's all it's all about how like it's all about how your family wants to do it too. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. I was I, I was left wondering that because I'm like to doesn't show. have his Heisman suit with him. Remember <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one? Is that the red I don't one? Think he traveled with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't think he did. Um, so. I really hope he does well. Like, yeah. now, I, especially after talking about him right now, I'm like, gosh, especially like I want him to do better than Rosen. Yeah. Point <laughs> <of> <laughs> beach, too. I, I, South Florida. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's keep it rolling. Let's see what uh, what do you got for us, Hannah? Here's what's happening. Here's what's happening with Hannah. All right, we won't have to hear speculation about Martavis Bryant wanting to be traded from Pittsburgh anymore. That's because he was traded from Pittsburgh last night. The sometimes talented and sometimes troubled wide receiver was dealt to the Raiders for a third-round pick, which will be the 79th overall. Uh, there was I thought the Raiders way over-traded for this one, given a third-round pick. He's been wanting to get out of there, and I'm really curious to see how the experiment plays out with John Gruden, old-school guy. If he faces any adversity, if he doesn't live up to expectations – He's been a player who's been outspoken. I don't know how that plays out, but he is incredibly talented. Over to the NBA game one of the Warriors, Pelicans, in the Western Conference semis set for Saturday, and Steph Curry is listed as questionable. Yesterday, Curry participated in his first full practice since suffering an MCL sprain on March 23rd. The two-time champ and two-time MVP has missed the last 14 games. He better come back ready to go. Are we sweating yet? The Pelicans, hey, those Pelicans, they're for real. You can remove the interim tag next to J.B. Bickerstaff's name. He's officially the Memphis Grizzlies head coach. Bickerstaff took over for David Fisdale last season and won 15 and 48, but lacked a competitive roster and his best player, Mike Conley. This is the first full-time head gig for the 39-year-old Bickerstaff after previously serving in the interim role with the Rockets. I like I like JB. Um, I got to know Bernie well. He was a scout for the Cavs when I was there. He's a great coach in the NBA. I think it's a good move, man. He's he's relatable to the players. Uh, he comes from a basketball family. Did not have a good enough roster to really be judged off of last year's uh, win total. So I think it's a good look. Why don't we talk about hockey more, guys? This is a headline today. NHL demands Bruins star Brad Marchand stop licking players. In Boston's first-round series, Marchand appeared to lick the face of Maple Leafs forward Leo Komarov. The league wrong. says that type of affection is not cool. <laughs> but hockey dudes are just, they're a different breed. I thought the headline breed. was fake. I thought it was fake news. When I, I kind of came across social media, I was like, what? They're different like, what news, is this? man. That's weird. That's how, that's how they get you with those clicks. Yeah, exactly. But did we click it? All right, the puck dropped on the second round last night. Danny's Penguins scored three yeah. unanswered in the third period to top the Capitals three to two, while Raj's Knights blasted the Sharks Word. seven to Sharks nothing. Yeah. We setting up for a rivalry in the Cup, guys? Oh, you already yeah. know it. Can't wait to watch that one. The Bucks force a game seven. Who, who pulls this one out? Is this a home team? Celtics pull it out? Or do you think the Bucks actually are able to go to Boston and switch, flip the series Here, and win it? it? It's an if situation. It's a, if, uh, Milwaukee can have Thon Maker, um, Malcolm Brogdon and, um, uh, Matthew Delavadova travel, uh, because they have not traveled. I don't even right. know if they've actually got on the plane <laughs> right. to go to Boston, but if they show up in Boston, it makes that team just, Dangerous enough and and well rounded enough to beat Boston. It doesn't really matter what Boston does. They have too many weapons. They're the more well rounded, more versatile uh, team with the most depth. If they don't and they get nothing out of their role players, and it's solely going to be Giannis, Chris Middleton, and a little bit of um 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 
what's the Bledsoe, mm-hmm. then yeah, Boston's going to win it because it's going to be a grind you out possession by possession, low scoring affair. Giannis has to be great. Middleton has to be really good, and then they got to get supporting cast. All right, so we got a game seven with the Bucks Celtics. We have a game six, the Cavs Pacers tonight. Is this where the Cavs close it out on the road, or do you think they go to game seven, bring it back to Cleveland? Um, I said they close I, it. You think they close it? Yes. I want to I want say they close to. it, but I honestly think it's going to go game seven. I really? hope so. Yeah. It's been a fast You want to do it in game seven? Well, yeah, it's been really entertaining. It's been back and forth. Yeah. Although, I, I thought Indiana was going to p- pull it out, and if the four minute uh, when they caved in the last four minutes, the game they had the lead in game five. Yeah. If they, or game four was it? It was it game four when they blew the lead with four minutes left and they kind of came out? If this LeBron James dagger, like that to me is the one that just kind of sucks the wind out of all of Indiana's momentum that they had I think had he's going to want some rest. I think, they, I think they feel like they got slighted with the goaltending call. And if it's going to be interesting because LeBron is better on those two days rest. Yeah. That one day rest, the question is do you wear him out tonight? If you wear him out tonight chasing it and you don't win, you're kind of screwed in game seven. So do you kind of put him on a minute restriction or an ideal minute total tonight knowing that you're going to need him in game seven potentially? It's an interesting situation there. Game seven would be Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What about OKC and uh, Utah Jazz? Because that, that series, series looked like it was a wrap. They yeah. were up 25. That's one of those those moments where you're like, uh-oh, could yeah. that have flipped the whole series? I th- yeah, I think it could have. I don't know that – like. Wh- Three one holes don't usually get climbed out of right. for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I could see this being a really interesting game and the Thunder figuring out how to win it. My yeah. heart says that Utah is going to win the series, but the Thunder could win again tonight. I want the Thunder in this one. Yeah, I do too. Uh, what about Raptors Wizards? Quick, who's winning? Uh, Raptors going to win this. Boom. There you go. <laughs> Take it out. All right, let's get on to Steve Nash to talk a little hoops and a little soccer and a little Raja Bell. All right, everybody, let's welcome to the pod um, one of my favorite teammates of all time, soon-to-be Basketball Hall of Famer, Stephen John Nash. Welcome, brother. <laughs> Thanks for the formality there, the middle name, full first name, rare. I like it. Um, anyway, bro, it's been a while. We've texted a little bit, but, um, you know, congrats on all the success, the the, the family, um, the, the soccer broadcast, everything. But first and foremost – like, uh, how does it feel to be a Hall of Famer, man? Talk to me. <laughs> uh, I don't, it, I, I mean, I mean, you know, it's like one of those things. You, it's not like even, like, I don't even think you'd ever dream of that as a kid. You know, you, you dream of like, you know, playing on, playing in college or playing in the pros or being an all-star or something. But, you know, that's like, uh, I don't know. It's beyond like the dreams you have as a kid and to, to actually kind of, to be there makes me feel like realize how much life has passed one right <laughs> which isn't like i don't know i don't know if that's like the you know the best outcome of it but it's like wow <laughs> a lot of stuff's happened here, here i am right and uh but the the positive is that you know like i i've said this a few times but you know that someone told, someone told me when i was in high school you know there's going to come a day where they don't ask you back where they say like you're you know, you're not good enough to play anymore in high school, college, pros, whatever it is. And this is kind of like the last stop. Like, I kind of made it all the way to the end of the train, so to speak, as basketball players go. And to be recognized in that way, to to get into that group is, is like, it's, I don't know. It's like the weirdest thing because people have been telling me that it's going to happen for, for a few years. And at the same time, it's unfathomable. So it's... It's one of those weird things I'm still trying to wrap my head around. At the same time, I don't really spend much time thinking about it, but I'm I'm very honored. Yep. There is something you have to uh, think about, though. It'll be your speech. Like, do you 
Are you excited about getting up there and kind of talking about your career and, you know, talking about some of the people that influence you? Do you get nervous about giving a speech like that oh, with that much importance? This like, guy loves how to hear you himself talk. Oh, he does. He's fine. He's fine. I mean, I have been known to go over how much I feel. <laughs> I, uh, I think uh, when when the Suns uh, retire my jersey, they, they got a call from the league the next day saying, like, you, you got to keep these half times. So, like, you know, under under 25 minutes or whatever it was. But uh, to be honest with you, the speech gives me anxiety. Like, I was like, oh, man, do I have to go in the Hall of Fame? Just because I was nervous about making a speech in front of, like, all those Hall of Famers. And I don't know, like, Roger, do you, do you feel – I don't know, when you're around, like, if you ever see, like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Oscar Robertson or something, like, in your career, was it always kind of like, I don't know, I always feel, like, uh, nervous around them. Yeah, complete reverence. <laughs> like, the, no, real. Seriously. So like, you know, so even though it's like, you know, they probably don't even pay too much mind to it, you're still always kind of like, ah, oh, God, I got to speak in front of these guys. I'm going to make myself look like a complete ass. <laughs> Um, it's one, it's once in a lifetime chance to like, you know, it's not like I'm going to get a redo. So I got to admit, I was a little anxious about that, but I'm sure I'll have a couple cocktails and it'll come out. It'll, uh, it'll, 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 it'll all That's be good. Trick. Hey, let me ask you, man, because like the babies, right? Like Lola and Bella and they were so young when, when we were around, like back in those Phoenix years, do they know, like I find my kids, like they don't know dad as a competitor. They just know dad does like, do your kids, right. um, you know, do they have any idea of what you were able to accomplish and who you were as a player? Like, do they ever ask you about it? Or Mateo, is he curious? Mm. Or yeah, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, they know because people stop you on the street all the time, and so they. And then you go to like the Suns Ring of Honor, or you know what I mean. The, they hear about the Hall of Fame thing, but like, I never stop to talk to them about it, and. So we've never had that conversation and they've never asked, but they know just because people stop you on the street and people at school, you know, mention things or whatever, or, you know what I mean? Like socially, they, they're used to it, but they don't know like more than that. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it must, I don't know. I, your boys has got to be coming because they play. Um, these guys are ballers I mean, too. Yeah, really good. No, yeah, no, but I understand what you said. They live in the world of basketball a little bit more because they're in the gyms and stuff like that. My daughters still think I was good. I'm, I'm waiting for that moment when they realize how they can Google stats and be like, "Oh, he wasn't any good." No, no, no. That never has to change. Just tell them the advanced analytics era. This, what your stats nowadays would mean a lot. You'd be yeah. rich. <laughs> That's right. By the way, congrats on the the new little one. I can hear him in the background. Yeah, apologies for that, but he's like, I think as soon as I start talking to someone else, he's like, you know, what the, can I get some attention over here? So now he's chatterboxed, but thank you, I appreciate it, he's, we're lucky, he's he's an amazing little guy, happy and healthy, so we're thrilled. The the Charity Shield event and tournament in New York City this weekend, what's going on with that? Yeah, so my foundation's had, uh, I mean, it's no secret now that I love soccer and grew up playing soccer, but... We've had this charity soccer game and Rogers played in a couple of times with NBA players and international soccer stars. And we added another event, a charity shield, which is like a five aside tournament. So like a hundred people can sign up. They, it's, it's, you guys ever heard of like a Calcutta format? Yeah. 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 So like you, I don't know if this is a true Calcutta format, but they rank everybody in A, B, C, D or E player. And then they give every team an A, B, C, D and E. So to try to create some parity. And then tonight, um, at, um, at the gem pub, we're going to have like an auction. So if donors can come and buy a team, if your team wins, you know, you kind of like double your money. 
so to speak. Um, so it's a little bit of fun. Um, you know, it's cool. We got a few pros coming to play and just people basically coming, hanging out, having some, having a tournament, some food, some beers and men doing it for a good cause. So we're just, I mean, Roger knows me anytime we can put soccer, beer, good cause in the same sentence. It's a win. <laughs> it's so a win, 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 bro. All right, so we've gotten to know our guy Raja here for about six months. We've been working with him, doing the podcast. We need some dirt, like, cause he's a great dude. We're having some fun. He's he's on, I don't know if you know this, Steve, but he actually got kicked out of a high school basketball game for arguing with the officials. He had to take an anger management course to get back on the court. Like, so we know about. Ask me if I'm shocked. <laughs> Not one bit is my guess. What's your no, What's no. your favorite Raja Bell story? God, I should have, man. I should have. I should have thought of some dirt, you know, like this is a perfect time. Oh, this is just throw him under the bus, yep. just bury him. Um, you know, the truth is I, I can't, I can't off the top of my head, you know, I, one of my best friends in my career, um, we had a blast. Our families hung out. I was there for the birth of, I think both boys. Yeah, well, both huh? of them. Yep. Um, they, they were born in Phoenix. I mean, to see Dia on, I'm, I'm taking it aside car here but to see Dion and the boys on Instagram like the skills they have in basketball is like amazing to me you know to think I was there they're born you know what I mean these little tiny things and now like it's it's crazy so I mean I'm, I miss the Bell family and I miss all the times we had on the, the bus the plane in practice you know when it gets chippy and everyone's <laughs> barking at each other and all those days you know they'll always look back and think about how much fun we had and so, you know, like, I mean, as you know, like, there's nothing like at the end of your career to look back and think about the people that you got to travel around the country with and compete with and to have people like Raja, and, you know, oh, it was like, here goes the little guy crying. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, where are anyway, did, did you guys ever scrap? Like in practice? Did you ever go? No, you want you want to be on some He wants to be on Bell and Canal. He's yeah, like, that's right. That? Welcome, Luca. Um, yeah, he's okay. Um, no, we. I, I'm smart enough to know that I, I don't really have a chance against Ra uh, Ra. So I never really. Uh, I try to stay on his good side, but uh, but I mean, I, you know, we. I think we had a lot of competitive practices. We were usually on the same team, but um, man, it was just so much fun. And the, I mean, like. I always got a kick out of, I, I mean, I love competing myself, but I love the edge that, that Roger played with. And, you know, like clothesline and Kobe, I mean, absolutely ridiculous at the same time as a teammate. Beautiful. You know, like you're in this deep, you know, rivalry playoff battle. And, you know, when he, when he did it, I was like, I couldn't believe it because of what moment it was. At the same time, I was like, absolutely saw that coming. You know what I mean? It was like, uh, (laughs) so like to have a teammate like that and who was always up for, you know, the physical stuff and and to compete and to to put his mark on, on, on a game or a series was something that was so valuable to our team and something that I personally, you know, really appreciated because, you know, like at the end of the day, we're not all like that. You have teams that, might have a lot of skill or athleticism, but to have a, have guys in your lineup that will stand up for your team or take a stand, um, that, that does, it does mean something. I mean, you don't necessarily always need it to, to end the way, you know, the, the clothesline in it, but at the same time, it does, I think, give your team an edge and give your team an ability to, to win certain battles that aren't even physical, just mental battles. So 
But I mean, I'm kind of straying here. I enough, mean, was, uh, enough, enough about like me. Some bro. of the funnest years of my career. <laughs> enough, enough about me. Let's talk about you. Let's come on. Um, <laughs> I mean, a lot of compliments for Roger right now. I kind of feel soft. I, I appreciate the <laughs> I appreciate the locking of the lips. Like these guys come on I and know, they think I they're so gonna like. I so badly wanted the, some dirt, like, but it's okay. I appreciate is? it. Um, so point guard position, Steve. Um, way different yeah. than probably, you know, how you were taught to play the position. Um, you know, I'm working with high school kids now and, you know, trying to teach the game from a, from a place, you know, a pure place where, where we put stock in the things that, that we think are important. Um, uh, but the, the, the game is changing and the point guard position specifically is being played, uh, completely different. Like, what do you think your game would have looked like, uh, had you been bred in, in like today's climate of point guard play? Like, would you, would you still be a pass first guy? Would you have taken it upon yourself to, to, to shoot the ball more? Like, what do you, where do you think your game would fit in with today's PGs? Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm not, I don't mean this in a pat myself on the back. I just mean this in a, uh, like, like what would it kind of look like? I think it would have been a little bit more towards the way Steph plays. Um, you know, just like more aggressive to shoot the ball. Like, I think if I made a mistake in my career that I didn't shoot enough, but, and I'm interested to hear how you approach it with young PGs, but you're right. It's changed. And we know now that if you're, you know, a 40% three point shooter and 50% field goal guy, you know, you should be jacking that thing. So like it's, you know, that it's just better for your team and for the numbers analytically to shoot. Having said that, you know, there is something to be said for being a leader and, you know, being a playmaker, making your teammates feel, you know, a part of things as much as giving them easy opportunities. So, I still believe that, you know, I would have been who I was. I would have definitely, you know, I just like to see other people succeed. You know, I don't know why or where that comes from, but forever since I was a little kid in hockey, soccer, whatever sport it was, I always liked to pass and liked to see my teammates do well. And right. that would have persisted, I think, but I definitely would have shot the ball more. Um, I just, it, the game has changed for sure. I think it's rightfully changed. There's probably a balance in there, but it depends on your personality. If, you, if your personality is to be aggressive and score, there's nothing wrong with having a, you know, five, ten, six, four guy that's your lead guard. You know, try to get downhill and try to get free and shoot and put pressure on the defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, so Mike and and Chris Paul, right? Like, because Chris is one of those point guards that I think is kind of a tweener in terms of generationally. Like he, I think he's scoring the ball mm-hmm. a bit more, but I think his true heart is 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 serving others too and getting off the ball and then. You know, he's had his postseason like failures as, as has Mike. And, and I'm watching that Houston team and I, I know you've got an affiliation there to Golden State, but I think Houston's a real threat. So like, what do you see with Mike? Um, talk to me about, I've, I've made my case for why I loved Mike and, and, and his style on the pod before, but can you talk to us a little bit about Mike, what you saw and what you loved about him in Phoenix and then the way you've seen, you know, him grow since then? Yeah. I mean, Mike, I think Mike's a brilliant basketball coach. You know, he, yeah, we weren't a great defensive team. I think he got, he took a bad rap for that, but we didn't have great defensive players. I mean, right. you were a good defensive player. I physically, I played hard. I, I mean, people, I think people look back and like, oh, I didn't even try or I wasn't a good defender and it kind of takes on a life of its own. I played hard. I just wasn't, that wasn't a strength for me. Right. You know, I was, you know, I was one, I was probably exhausted from the burden of the other end. And two, I just wasn't strong enough or physical enough to really, you know, make people feel me at that end of the court. Um, and then you had Amari that wasn't a great defensive player. And we also played in an era where rim protectors were so valued. And so we went without a rim protector and tried to play fast. And so it was like, 
I thought Mike made decisions that were best for our team, but they weren't traditional decisions. So the media found that it was, a, it was, I think an easy narrative in a sense. So I think Mike's brilliant. I think he, he struggles sometimes being confrontational yeah. with his players. And I think that he's found, you know, some a great he, Mike knew defense. I think Mike just was like, I, this, this group is not necessarily, no matter how much time we spend on it, gonna, you know, it doesn't have the pieces to be great defensively. So I think he departed from really trying to beat us over the head with that. And maybe that was a mistake, maybe not. But I think overall, he made a, a, an unbelievable basketball team that had a chance to win. We were very unlucky. We were also a little bit ahead of our time. And, you know, we played in an era where we weren't all the way in. We weren't hoisting tons of threes by today's standards. But we also were playing against teams that, you know, had Tim Duncan at the rim or the Lakers had whoever it was, Gasol, right. Bynum, Odom, you know, like we're talking about some really big teams in a game that was a lot slower. A year that you and Raja and Mike were close to breaking through, 2007, how much did you sell the Robert Horry hip check? And is <laughs> the ensuing sequence and suspensions the biggest what-if of your career? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was some what-ifs for sure. Uh, I mean, some of it's just comical now. I mean, to look back and to think, you know, the game's over, we beat the Spurs. We're going back home. Uh, everything's looking good. And like this, whatever, less than, I don't know, seconds left. And Robert checks me into the score table. You think back and you're like, what is going Like that never, ever happens. And not only does it happen, but Boris and Amari take like two steps towards me more. Not, I don't even, I mean, maybe Amari, but I, don't, I know Boris wasn't trying to fight. Right. They, they were <laughs> seeing if I was okay. You know what I mean? And he so, might have been going to check on Tony. Yeah, exactly. Could have been over there asking him if he could have a you know, <laughs> fat bottle of red tonight or something. But uh, he, he's, you know, like it's this, and then they get suspended. We go home. We're already a small team. We're missing like our two biggest guys. And, you know, we hang on and we were leading that game the whole way until the last minute and lose. And, you know, it's just, it's like anecdotally, it's just like one of those things that happen. Overall, though, I, I think we take responsibility. I look back at it and say, you know, I could have played better. I could have made a couple more plays. And, you know, I'm sure some of, the, some of our teammates could feel the same way. And we didn't get it done. I mean, that, the, the reason we love sports is because one team wins and one team loses, you know. And I, I, I never personally won. And so I, I'm on that side of the ledger, and that's what makes sports great. We can't all win. I, I got to stomach that. I got to take that with me. And that's tough to swallow sometimes at the same time it's like i know i know i gave it everything i had yeah yeah no i agree man i never got one either but like you can't take away the blood sweat tears the memories the experiences like they're they're there that's what i mean it's a journey right it's life so steve we do this next part of the show it's called superlatives we do this with every guest this is where we like to have a little bit of fun and we can run through these pretty quickly so first up what year did you have your best hair Oh my God. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I had a good year, to be honest. I, I felt bad. I look at the shape of my two boys' heads and I just shake my head. I mean, they, these guys are in for a rough, rough go at the barber, but I, I had some, uh, I had some, I had some, uh, had multiple redos. I never really took them, took, took them seriously. I should have. My best hair, I mean, maybe the mullet. I don't know. There was a time there that was pretty mullet-ish. I'd say that's, it's unique. Right. Let's put it that. It's unique. All right. Um, let's see. Let me pick one. All right. What, who, which teammate was the best high five receiver of your career? Well, I maybe overdid it with the high five. So, um, 
best high five receiver. Oh, God, that's a good question. Um, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, okay, what's so funny? I got you. I got you. <laughs> hey, was it, wait, wait, all right, look, I'll, forget this probably. Was it true that Kobe would come out like, like, did he get massages the whole time during shoot around? Like, when you were there, was it, was there any truth to like, he was so like in tune with his body that he had it down to us to like, this is what he did every morning. He got a massage during shoot around. He'd come out. He'd listen for a few minutes. Like, what was it like playing with him? All right. Scrap the question. That was a dumb question. <laughs> what was it like playing with him? Seriously. Because like, I, I mean, was, it, it was, yeah. Go ahead. Go. What, what were you going to say? I'm going to hear what you're going to say. I, I always kind of regret, like I had a chance to go there late. Like it was for the minimum. And I, I just, I, I, I didn't want to play for the minimum at that point. But the point was, I would have liked to have seen how he worked. And like what, what day, day to day life was like with Kobe. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not really sure what, like how the rest of his career was, right? He, you had, later in your career, you spend so much time working on your body. Um, it, you know, he, he may have been in the training room getting massages during, during walkthroughs and shoot arounds. Um, and, but you know, as I think Jay Z said, there's levels to this shit. Yeah. So I, <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, one hundred, yeah, definitely did 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 what he had to do, and um, you know, I didn't see him work on the court as much as as I would have expected, but he definitely, you know, was got his treatment, you know, was very thorough with his body and and trying to, you know, be prepared to play. So, um, uh, you know, I, it's a weird one, right? Like you to see someone at year whatever it was, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, it's probably gonna be a lot different from seeing them at one, yeah. seven, fourteen, even. So. Um, but you know, he, you know, he's, a, he's, a such a demonstrative, um, personality. Um, you know, he's like the alpha of alphas and, and that's what he's, that's what I saw. Yep. No doubt. Last one, bro. Life, right. depe- life like dependent it. on it. Former teammate to win a game of horse. Who are you taking? <laughs> I, 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 I think I'd have to go with Dirk. Yeah. Yeah. D- yeah, I mean, that 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 thing's pretty. That thing's. I would say that thing's. Uh, that you know. No, that they, meets all SEC regulations. Yeah. <laughs> all right, bro. Look, we're not gonna take any more of your time, man. I hear you know Luca's been more than more than accommodating, dude. We appreciate <laughs> you taking the time. Uh, hope the event's great uh, this weekend, and uh, love to the family. Thanks for coming on, bro. We gotta Thank do it again you. soon, sometime. Uh, Steve Nash. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Can I just say I miss my guy Belly? Yeah, buddy. Hey, but I didn't get a come on. Can what? I get a can I get a West Coast trip out of you once a decade? I owe you one. I owe you like five of them. Yeah, it's happening. This summer we're coming out. Yeah, nah, you got some spare beds? We need to come out. To you got some spare bedrooms? Well. You guys gotta come to the crib. We build a house. We need all the bells. Oh, Cindy God. Greenman. Everybody, <laughs> come to the house. <laughs> all right, bro. Come to the house. Done. Chop it up, we'll barbecue. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, brother. Okay, thanks everybody. All right, Hannah, let's do some five-star Q&A. Five-star Q&A. Okay, this guy who has a terrible handle, one, two, three, four. <laughs> and a bunch of fives. And a bunch of fives. He says, who do you three get mistaken for as athletes or entertainers? Hannah, do you ever get asked if you are Hope Hicks? Yep. I've seen it. Uh Matthew McConaughey <laughs> is nowhere near six feet. Who you got, Danny? Brad Pitt. <laughs> no doubt. No, no you question. know what's, you know what's funny is I get, uh, a lot of people, it's the Danny Warfel. Because he played at Florida, because his first name's Danny, like it yeah. happens all the time, especially locally. Yep. 
You posted the motorcycle pic yesterday. Do you know what a lot of people responded to that? Uh, yeah, who was it? Daniel Tosh, right? Yeah. A lot of people said Daniel really? Tosh. I hadn't heard that one in a while. Woody Harrelson was another one. Was okay. really kind of a, yeah, which I don't know if that's good because he's not very good. I don't good know what he looks like. I get uh, Jason Taylor all the time. Yeah, uh, we were playing golf yeah. one of the yeah. first times we met. The, the, the so cart funny. lady was sitting there, thought you were Jason Taylor. Yeah, wait, I'm way more yeah, handsome than Jason in Taylor. South Florida. Uh, no. <laughs> um, no, um, Jason Taylor. Um, I've gotten. I used to get Leandro Barbosa and Boris Diaw. Like when we played together, mm-hmm. people just couldn't tell us apart. <laughs> they really couldn't. I mean, Phoenix fans could, but no matter where we went, one of us was always mistaken for the other. So, if you got approached with a basketball card and they had one of their cards, what would you do? Sign it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. People say, "Hey, Danny Warfel, I'm signing." Yeah. No yeah, doubt. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that happened to me once at an airport, and yeah. I signed it as this person. Oh, there you go. I thought I as was. Hope Hicks. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't Hope Hicks. Honestly, I thought this guy was on something. That he thought I was this person. Like I was like, who are no you? Way. Who are you supposed to be? It's Minka Kelly, okay. which is literally the best compliment uh, ever. So uh, I went with uh, it. I don't know. Hope Hicks ain't bad either. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to look like Hope Hicks. Um, yeah, no. I I don't I don't know who I get. I, I don't get mistaken for anyone. Nobody knows who I am. <laughs> all right, Jared Wards. He said, "Which four people would you all be if you were on the Jersey Shore this current season?" Now, do y'all watch? No. <laughs> so I think I'm the only one so, in here that yeah, watched. So I asked the, the office one. yesterday. Uh-huh. We came to the conclusion. Danny is the situation, yeah, the situation who has turned around his life. He's in a little bit of legal troubles, probably yeah. going to jail. Wait, is he, he engaged? Who got engaged yesterday? Oh, my gosh. How do you know this? Someone got this engaged yesterday. I'm late on that news. Come Raja on. is... Ronnie, when he was playing, a little aggressive, a little bit of a temper. <laughs> right. But Give when he's like not playing... He is Polly. We're all screwed with this. Like, there's <laughs> yes. no way we're there's gonna no be like, oh comp. yeah. Yeah. Which Hannah is a, a combination of Sammy and Snooky. Okay. A little hybrid. I don't hybrid. know what this means. It's a. It's, that's a. It's a. It's, it's a. Compliment. People will get it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I want to be Snooky though. She's a mess. I want to get <laughs> right. hit. That's the only episode I saw. All right. E D F S U at F S U. He says, "I was interested to hear." About where everyone... Wait, hold up. You're Vinny, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Knocking the door oh, down. Yeah, he's like, yeah, for sure. Right? He knows it. Right. Yep, he is. There's a video somewhere of Debo trying to knock a door down, and he just falls flat on his ass. <laughs> you can ask the office for that. It's passed around. All right. At FSU, he says, I was interested to hear about where everyone lived in college and who was your best and worst roommate. Also, what was your favorite place to eat back then? Really enjoyed the podcast from an FSU alumni 2001. Burt Reynolds Hall. Word. Yeah, that was okay. the football dorm at the time. And my favorite place to eat was Hungry Howie's. I yeah. still yeah. I love remember Howie's. writing a check for like $4.67 <laughs> like to get the pizza. <laughs> to get <us>. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. They had the best pie. Um, where did I live? Man, Boston University. I lived in Shelton Hall. Um, then I lived on Bay State in a cool brownstone, like super cool. Um, at FIU, I lived, I got kicked off campus. We lived in apartments and then I got kicked <laughs> off campus my senior year. Wait, why? For t- too many infractions with the RA and I threw a bike through a window. Um, <gasps> it was on accident. Yep. He's we were oh, on yeah, sure. It, it was. was on accident. I, we were, How we do were you messing. accidentally throw a bike through a window. <laughs> we were messing around. We were re- reenacting the scene from Karate Kid. We, there had been some <laughs> adult beverages imbibed, uh, my man Gene and I were reenacting like the Daniel. I just want to go back to Reseda. I hate this place. And I took the bike and I threw it and it bounced off a couch. Like it was right in front of the window and just shattered the whole Shut up. And they kicked me off camp. Oh, my. So I leave with my mommy and my daddy. Ronnie actually did that on the last episode of Jersey Shore. Oh, really? <laughs> 
Um, I lived uh, off of Euclid at Syracuse. Nobody knows what that is. Euclid. I know Euclid about, in Cleveland. What no, about I, best and worst were you roommate? Sorority or no? No, uh, no. Hard pass in the sororities in Syracuse. <laughs> um, I had a ro- I had a roommate at Boston University, a little dude who only ate ramen, like, and he had like ninety boxes of ramen under his thing, and so that I forget his name, but he only ate ramen. That's solid, solid, solid questions today in the five star Q and A. That's a wrap for us. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Enjoy the rest of the draft, the NBA playoffs. We'll get back on Monday to wrap it all up. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Canal and Bell. And as always, go follow us, subscribe, download on iTunes, anywhere you can find podcasts. Have a good weekend.